So, I've been debating back and forth. I've been arguing with myself all day. Because to tell you the truth, uh, personally, I'm not feeling too hot. Um, haven't been feeling well for, for a while. So after this, I'm going to probably head to the ER and get myself checked out, make sure I'm okay. Um, but then aside from that, I've been, I've been carrying, carrying a burden these last few days. And I wish I could say the burden was mine, but it's not. I've been, I've been carrying a lot of other people's burdens. Um, a lot of you guys know I do counseling. Um, I'm also a pastor. And so it's pretty much my job to love on people, almost like I come out here and do and love on y'all. But people seem to feel like I'm strong enough to handle their burdens. And so I'm the one that gets to deal with a lot of people's stuff. And so a lot of people ask me for prayer. A lot of people come to me for advice. A lot of people come to me for counsel. And in the last, I'd probably say 10 days, there's one particular phrase that I've heard over and over and over again. And I gotta tell you, this phrase, it's got me kinda, it's got me feeling a type of way. All right? And I'm gonna tell you why. Can we get our performance to be quiet a little bit? Um, here's the phrase. The phrase is, it is what it is. Right? It is what it is. It's a very common phrase, and I'll have to admit that I, 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 I've been, I've said it myself a few times. It is what it is. Here's the problem with that phrase. It usually follows after somebody will tell you something catastrophic about their life. So, my husband beats me, but you know, it is what it is. Or, well, it's my third DUI, you know, but it is what it is. Or, you know, I'm about to get kicked out of my house because I can't pay my rent, but you know, it is what it is. And the problem is, is it's, it's, a, it's, it's a deceitful acceptance. It's a way that people lie to themselves to justify the positions that they find themselves in. But even worse, it's a phrase that people use because they don't really expect their situations to change. And so it is what it is, right? And that's the way it's always gonna be, I guess, because it is what it is. And so I've been sitting in that and I've been, I've been frustrated because then I have to wonder, well, why are you coming to me to begin with? If it is what it is, then why are you asking for prayer? If it is what it is, then what do you expect me to do to change it? But then I have to catch myself and I have to recognize, you know, my position in life and where God has me and what I'm here for. And, and it's, almost, it's what's on our shirts. It's what I say all the time. I say, we're here to restore hope. And that's not always an easy task, especially for people that are truly and sincerely hopeless. And so there's, there's a battle. There's a battle. There's a struggle. 
is a struggle. I just got a smile on my face because there's somebody in the crowd that gave me a little shout out. And, uh, and I gotta say, I'm happy to see that face because there was a time when, when, when we had a conversation about hopelessness and he's still here. So I guess there is indeed hope. And then something happened to me this morning where a woman runs into my office and she says, you know, PJ, you know, this person, I, I, I can't, I gotta keep the names, you know, vague here. She says, well, her husband was attacked over a week ago. And he was attacked by two people. And his nose was broken in three places. Both of his eardrums were blown out because he got kicked in the face as many times. He got kicked about the stomach, so his groin area is swollen. He's got vertigo. He's all kinds of messed up. Now this woman's 70 years old. So her husband's no spring chicken himself. But what happened was he was attacked and he was armed. So he could have just shot both people and walked away from it, but he didn't. He tried to restrain it, he tried to defuse it, and he got his ass beat because of it. The twist to the story is he wasn't even supposed to be where he was at when it happened. There was a young man that called in sick to work that day, and so this older gentleman took his place. Now, her friend came to me and says, so-and-so needs prayer, so I go over to sit with her. And she was kind of stressed out. She was actually a little angry because she said no one from the church came to pray with me or to pray for my husband. And it's funny because, like, we don't know everything. If somebody don't tell us, how are we going to know? How are we going to pray for somebody if we don't know what's going on? So I had to explain that to her, and then I sat there listening to her tell me the story. And I'm listening to her tell me the story, and as she's telling me the story, I'm thinking, well, at the end of this story, I gotta pray for her, right? Because that's what I'm there for, I gotta pray for her, right? So I'm trying to listen to the story, I'm trying to pick apart, I'm trying to find where am I gonna pray, and how am I gonna pray for this woman? And then she said this one thing to me. She said, PJ, I'm angry. I'm so angry that sometimes I wanna just forget God and I just wanna curse and I wanna scream and I wanna yell. She said, but I thank God because if that young man hadn't called in sick, he would have been dead. You see, my husband, he's ex-army. He's ex-special ops. And he's old, but he could take care of himself. And so he was not going to die that day. And I thank God that my husband was there. Because if he wasn't, that poor little soul would have been dead. Now it don't stop me from being angry. And I'm angry. And I need prayer. Because I don't want to stay angry. Ah, so now I know what to pray for, right? Now I know what to pray for. So I sat there kneeling by this woman's side, praying for her, praying for her husband's health to be restored. I'm praying for her anger to subside. 
I'm praying for the two people that beat this man up because they caught him. They're in jail. I'm praying for them because I don't know what kind of crazy was going on in their minds that they would beat an old man so senselessly. And then I walked away from that. Then I started sitting in my own junk today and just going, you know what, I don't even want to come out here and I don't even want to talk to anybody today. I don't want to preach a message. I'm just not feeling it. But there's a, there's a verse in Jeremiah 20, verse 6. It's not the verse I, wanted, I really want to share with you, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. It's a verse in Jeremiah 20, verse 6, and it says, no matter what, even when I don't want to, I have to speak the things of God. I can't. I can't not do it, right? It goes against the nature that God has put in me to hold my tongue. And so no matter what, I'm gonna come out here and share with you. And this is what I wanna share with you today. Comes from the book of Job, chapter two, verse 10. And it says this. This is after Job lost his house, his kids, his animals, his everything. And he's sitting in ashes and his wife says, why don't you just curse God and die? And I'm paraphrasing, but he says, shut up, woman. He didn't really say that. He said, be quiet, woman, right? He said, shall we accept good from God and not trouble? Should we only accept good? And we have to think about that, right? Because this isn't the world that God created for us. He didn't create a world where we would have to worry about diseases, where we would have to worry about hunger, where we would have to worry about homelessness, where we would have to worry about violence, where we would have to worry about addiction, where we have to worry about this thing. This wasn't the world it created. This world is created this way because of our free will. Free will that started with Adam and Eve, who chose to go against God. And they had it good. They had it great. And they still decided to turn against him. But Job didn't have it so good, did he? He lost everything. And on top of everything that he lost, his friends were telling him that he was basically a bum and that he deserved everything he got. And he still come, clung to that shred of hope. So free will isn't then a matter of circumstance, is it? It's really not a matter of whether things are going good or whether things are going bad. It is what it is, but it doesn't always have to be. In my reading this morning and what really led me to come out here and, 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 and talk with you, what's been tugging at my heart all day is this quote that I read from Oswald Chambers. It says this, it says, when you are joyful, be joyful. When you are sad, be sad. If God has given you a sweet cup, don't make it bitter. And if he has given you a bitter cup, don't try and make it sweet. Take things as they come. Now he stops right there, but I gotta add to that. We gotta take it as they come, but what are we learning while we're going through it. Do we have the spiritual discernment like this old woman 
to recognize that as her husband is sitting in the hospital bed, busted and bloody and broken, to recognize that his sacrifice was for someone else? Do we have the discernment and the knowledge and the wisdom to understand that maybe the circumstances that we find ourselves in is because God is trying to refine us, not trying to punish us? If we find ourselves in a valley and it seems like we've been there forever, is it maybe that we could recognize that God is trying to teach us something and until we learn it, we can't move on out of that valley? Is it possible that like Job, we got the wrong people around us? And the people that are closest to us, the people that we call our friends, are the ones that, yes, that be hurting you. And holding you down. Because your success only amplifies their failures. That is real. And so I caution you all. I caution you all when that phrase rolls off your lips. It is what it is. I want to remind you, it doesn't have to be. Because we do have free will. We do have a choice that every day we can wake up and say enough is enough. I can do better. I can be better. And we can start taking those steps to do just that. Some of y'all don't hear me though. And that's all right. That just means it ain't your time yet. But I'm gonna pray for us all. I'm gonna pray for us all because some of your hearts are so hard, you just ain't ready. But you don't gotta be ready on my time. You don't even gotta be ready on your time. Because his time is perfect. But I caution you, don't play with his patience. Because none of us are promised tomorrow. Let's pray. God, I just thank you. I thank you that in, in this world, in this, in this world of trial and tribulation, it indeed is what it is. But because of your grace, because of your mercy, because of the sacrifice of your son, it doesn't have to stay that way. And your son died so that we can have a life of abundance in this world and a life of eternity in the next. And for those of us who are, are ready and who are prepared to receive that, well, then every day is an adventure. It's an adventure of pursuit of holiness. It's an adventure of change. It's an adventure of growth and it's an adventure of knowledge. For others of us, it's just another day because it is what it is. But my prayer for all of us, Lord, those who are aligned with you and those who are not, Lord, is that 
Maybe something today tugged at our heart. And for those who this word was meant for, that they received it. And for those that it's not, that maybe some other day, some other time, by some other person, they will yield to your word, Lord. But for all of us, whether we like it or not, I'm going to say thank you. I'm going to say thank you for today. And God willing, thank you for tomorrow. And I pray this all in the precious name of Jesus. And my brothers and sisters say, amen. Amen and amen. All right. Well, thank you all for your time. I appreciate it. This podcast was recorded live and uncut at our homeless food share events. To learn more about Straight Street, visit our website at straightst.org.